and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast in association with We Love Sport. I'm Ali Drew and this is another Euro Hangout special. We are here at the footage in Manchester. joined by Man United's Ethan Mannion and Man City's Esme Morgan. Girls, just to start talking about yourselves before we talk about the action. Um, Esme, you've been injured, you had quite a bad leg break last year. How is the recovery going? Um, definitely not as long as I thought because sort of the surgeon made it clear to me quite early on I'd be out for the year so I always kind of had that expectation but there's definitely been a lot more ups and downs. I know Having spoken to Eva through her rehab, you know that it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride. Yet, when you sort of have setbacks or down days, it still really gets to you because when you make so much progress and then have a day where you're just in such pain or everything seems a little harder, it does get you down despite being able to look back and see how far you've come already. Has the recovery been harder than you thought? It was going to be longer than you thought? Um, definitely not as long as I thought because sort of the surgeon made it clear to me quite early on I'd be out for the year so I always kind of had that expectation but there's definitely been a lot more ups and downs I know having spoken to Eva through her rehab you know that it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster ride yet when you sort of have setbacks or down days it still really gets to you because when you make so much progress and then have a day where you're just in such pain or everything seems a little harder it does get you down despite being able to look back and see how far you've come already. Yeah Ethan, she mentioned that you're obviously in your rehab journey as well, whereabouts on that journey are you now? So I'd say I'm about halfway through an ACL rehab at the moment. I'm actually going to be jogging for the first time in a couple of weeks time. You heard it here first. Exciting. The physio would be annoyed at me for saying that just in case I get a setback. But I'm, I'm just on the precipice of jogging back on the pitch so I'm sort of listening to Esme's journey and I can see that she's over the mountain or right at the top of the mountain and I'm thinking in a few months time that's hopefully going to be me. Um, so it's going well so far, quite straightforward. Um, that almost sounds foreboding, uh, like what's going to happen next. But so far it's going really well and I can't really ask for more from a rehab. Um, so yeah. Good to hear, good to hear you're doing well. Back on the pitch, ASAP, that's what we want. Right, before we talk about the Battle of Britain that we have just seen, we're going to rewind 24 hours. So Group D yesterday, uh, we had Italy taking on Iceland, a 1-1 draw, and then uh, France against Belgium, and France won 2-1. Those games, what did, what did you make of them? Do you think they were good games? teams like Spain as well they've kind of went under the radar and so they've already won their group we know that um, the rest of the teams are sort of there or thereabouts vying for a second place um, but I think that France could definitely be one to watch in, in the quarterfinals and onwards. Yeah do you feel like they are 
being a bit overlooked. I mean, in the in the match yesterday, they obviously conceded a goal. It was a bit of a lack of concentration from them that, that there was a result of that. Do you think that they are strong enough to be a sort of contender and that people just aren't really talking about them at the moment? I think going forward, they are so, so dangerous, but they look really vulnerable defensively, and with respect to the teams they've played, I don't think they've had the sort of press that they would get coming up against an England or a Germany lad. So I think it'll be interesting to see France come up against one of those strong nations, because I don't think they've had those sorts of tests to contend with um, defensively, and when Belgium did come forward at times, France looked really shaky, so I think... Obviously, Amandine Henri and Eugenie Le Sommer were, were left out of the team by the manager. And we're talking about someone who scored a goal in a Champions League final and also one of the top goal scorers for France. And so that was a massive, massive call from the manager. And so I, I'm not sure what, what people have really made from that. I'm not sure what I make of it, really. Um, but what we do know is that they've won their group. And so in a few weeks' time, will we be saying that that was a, like an incredibly sort of astute like hard-hitting decision to leave those players out or will we be saying that actually they could have done with that quality as has obviously spoken about um, maybe it being more their defensive side that might need to be sort of worked on through the tournament and so you know those players are, are massive forward threats so potentially not but it's definitely a massive talking point I think who do you think in terms of you, you saying you know they could be a real threat France but you know in later on who do you think is the biggest threat? Everyone's talking about England, but who do you think are the sort of the biggest threats to England? I think Germany's the obvious one that sits out. They look so, so ruthless, so, so well organised. We talk about France's defensive frailties. I don't really see that from Germany. I think, I mean, that's something that you would always associate with them. Their organisation, their discipline defensively, but this German team really, really embodies that. And, and I think going forward, they've looked in and of course the other main team in that particular group is Spain now we know that Germany beat Spain 2-0 but what's interesting about Spain is that they're peppered with players that obviously play for Barcelona and Barcelona has just captured the eyes of sort of the women's football community this year you know particularly with their packed you know new camp you know record attendance and so I don't know if they've actually sort of not shot themselves in the foot but there's been a lot of hype on Spain that Germany don't seem to have had. Um, Germany and other teams seem to have gone under the radar. That's not been the case with Spain. I think they've had a lot of eyes on them. And so I, I don't know how those players are going to feel. Will they feel the pressure? I don't know. I guess time will only tell. Yeah, I think to be fair, coming into the tournament, I was earmarking England and Spain as my favourites. And I think losing Pateas was a huge blow for them. Um, but I have been a bit underwhelmed when I've been watching them. They obviously play lovely possession football and sort of pass teams to death. I mean, we've been on the receiving end of it ourselves. Um, we've played Barcelona, but I just don't think they had that sort of killer kind of pledge that we've seen from Germany and England in the past few games. Do you feel like Germany 
especially hasn't been spoken about because they're not really a superstar standout team. They're ruthless, as you say. They, they get the job done, they deliver when they need to, but it's not a superstar performance. Yeah, I think so, and I also think that there isn't loads of attention on there domestically, and so when we, you know, fans and supporters that don't necessarily follow international teams, your best bet is probably to sort of predict how a team will do based on the standard of their domestic league. So we know England, the WSL, we obviously, we obviously know France because of Lyon, um, we also know Spain now because of Barcelona, and I just don't think that some of the German domestic teams have, have been spoken about about as much. Um, I'm sure Ez will speak later about Georgia Stanway now, now signing for Bayern Munich. So I know that they're going to sort of revitalise their team and probably be spoken about more on a, like a European and international level. But yeah, for some reason they don't at this tournament so far and it will only do them favours because they won't have as much pressure or stress. They don't seem to be spoken about as much. Well, let's move on to tonight's games, to Group A. Obviously, we just saw the 5-0 win for the Lionesses. Uh, correctly predicted by you. You said 5-0, didn't you? So well done, well done. Um, and the other game that was going on at the same time, simultaneous kickoffs: Austria v Norway. Austria won 1-0. So they have gone through. So let's talk about the fact that Norway hasn't. And at the start of the tournament, most people probably wouldn't have said that would happen. from Norway. Obviously at Man United we have uh, Vildebo Risa, we've got Maria we've got Maria Thors dot here and so you know there's quality players on that team and that's without talking about Blackstad from City, Ada Hegerberg, players like that. And so I think Norway were actually ranked above England, right? Like three places above England in the FIFA ranking, I think. And so they're definitely not expected to be losing against Austria. That said, I think we were all surprised at Austria's performance against England at Old Trafford. When I went to Old Trafford that night, I believed that England were going to put in a really convincing win. And actually, that wasn't the case. Austria were, were really good. And, you know, as has spoken about, some teams coming across defensively quite fragile. That wasn't Austria. And actually, they were quite nippy going forward as well. And so probably like two sort of two um, sides to this. Norway being really disappointing. And then Austria maybe being a bit of a dark horse. Who knows? They will now face the top seeded or the top um, top qualifying team out of Group B, which will be the Germany or Spain, probably Germany. Germany. Um, and so, yeah, Germany. So, so we'll see what happens there. Well, we've got to talk about the Lionesses. We don't know who they're going to face next because that's, that is tomorrow. But an amazing performance tonight. 5-0 against Northern Ireland. 
we wanted to say that it was going to be a bigger defeat than it was for Norway because essentially Norway we see as a stronger team than Northern Ireland. But they started off a bit hesitant. It was probably not the game that we were expecting for the first, at least half of the first half. Yeah, I think England were a bit sluggish at first in the first 20 minutes in Northern differently to the Norway game like 5-0 is still quite a comprehensive score but it didn't feel like it had the same wow factor as that game um, obviously records were broken in terms of the goal scoring in that Norway game but definitely in the first half there were there was portions of the game where you know Northern Ireland were looking quite threatening particularly sort of in between um, our centre-backs and full-backs they were playing some really nice balls through to Wade she wasn't able to capitalise on that and um, Holloway seemed like she was one of their players of the match with some of the kind of um, defending that she was doing, the sort of last-ditch tackles and last-ditch blocks. Ultimately, our quality shone through, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the wow factor that, that we probably thought it was going to be at Norway. That said, can you ask for much more than a 5-0 win? Like I know, we're actually saying 5-0, oh, not that, but it's yeah. all right, it's okay, but 5-0 is, is a yeah. great score. It's only because of... It's because of that 8-0 record-breaking score that we're, we're sort of complaining about a 5-0 clean sheet. They've had a clean sheet through the group stages. Yeah. They can't complain, and it's great performance. But it was just, we wanted something spectacular. It's a, it's, you know, they're playing in their home country. It, I think it's just the wow factor that we wanted. And because we've had such a high, it just wasn't going to quite match. Yeah, I think, and as well, coming into the group, you sort of
agree, and it, it probably says quite a lot about England as a team that we've not really spoken about their defenders. Um, I think Millie Bright has had a you know a few comments of real praise, but we probably haven't needed to speak about it. We've not conceded the goal. Um, well done, Mary Earps, our goalkeeper at Man United. Um, and so, yeah, probably quite sort of uh, informative that, that we're not actually spending you know that much airtime on them because we don't need to. And the, the team going into tonight was the same as we'd seen, but then at half-time we saw a few changes, and that seemed to make the difference because a flurry of goals came straight after. They came on the pitch, started scoring goals. A few of your teammates were, were, were on. Well, it was just so good to see Alessia Russo score, first of all. Um, I want to see more of Alessia Russo and Ella Toon, you know, their players at Man United. And that, that headed goal kind of, you know, how often do you actually see women's football players scoring consistently with headers? It, it's like not that prevalent yet. Um, and so she scored that goal and then she did the total opposite. She did this really nice sort of individually worked finish where um, she rolled the player and then sort of slotted it. Um, she's got everything. That is exactly what she does in training when it's five-a-side and so for me it's just as a friend it's amazing to see someone be able to bring some bring something that they do week in week out in training to the biggest stage for women's football yeah I echo that completely I got on so well with both Alessia and team and I was really pleased to see them come on and it made me so happy to see how joyful Alessia was when she scored that goal and that turn was a thing of beauty like statement having not been on the pitch to come on and to, to do what she did. Yeah, I think when you sort of come off the bench and you've not necessarily had as many minutes in the tournament as you would like, you're desperate to come on and make an impact and I think for them to do exactly that is just so pleasing for them and giving them such a boost. Lessie's knocking on the door, isn't she? She's knocking on the door and saying, you need to start me. And what more of a way to say that than to score two goals? We won't talk about that mischance. Of all of the chances that she had, that was probably the easiest one to convert. She absolutely skied it. But when you've scored two goals for your country, after having come on at half-time, you know, we can, we can give her a little bit of respite. But she must be giving Serena Viedman a headache. She must be. Talking of Serena Beekman, obviously she wasn't there tonight. She has got COVID, so she's in isolation, I'm assuming, resting. We don't know whether she's ill with it or not. I guess hoping that she's going to be back for the game on Wednesday. But do you think that her not being there had an impact tonight on the players? I don't, I don't think so, because I think she should have been heavily involved in the preparation, Zoom and teams and everything, so I'm sure she's tuned into the meeting 
she was communicating throughout that match with, with everyone in their ear. Absolutely. <laughs> Sheila's been in someone's ear, hasn't she? I mean, I'd be, so... Well, firstly, I hope that she was, she is well, right? We know that she's got COVID, but hopefully her symptoms are mild. And if they are mild, I'm sure that she's working from home, um, you know, in whatever capacity that can mean as a, as a football manager of the Lionesses, like probably one of the biggest jobs in the country. Um, so we hope to see her back on the sidelines very soon. We don't know what her symptoms are like. You know, it's not ideal for the team, but I think that, you know, they will know their roles and responsibilities going into the match. Um, you know, the, the team were headed by the assistant manager, Ian Burning. So I, I think I think it would have been sort of full focus, blinkers on, get, get the game done. And I'm sure that Serena can take a breath now. So going forward now for the Lionesses, Wednesday quarterfinals, what are you wanting to see? What teams are you wanting the teams to, to start differently at the start of the match? Are you wanting the same? What are you, what are you expecting and what are you wanting from this? I, I think the main core of the team is going to remain the same. I think she's sort of set in saying that that is my strongest 11 and I'm going to go with it. But as we discussed, like, a few players are knocking on the door and sort of staking a real claim for a starting pitch. You could argue a lesson is very much deserving of a starting spot after that performance. Um, so I think this is going to be a few different things where she has to consider whether people are more deserving of the performances they put in coming off the bench. But also, you've got to bear in mind how many matches people have played. It's draining both physically and emotionally playing so many games and shots of shit. Similarly to Ayers, most of that team, the core of the team, are on lockdown. I don't think we're going to see much change in the starting 11, especially the right-hand side of the pitch, um, with Lauren Hemp being a left-footer but playing on the right side. It kind of means that naturally she comes inside, and particularly in this game, that's meant that Lucy Bronze has been able to sort of you know, turn on the engine, um, get the legs going that we know her for, to get up and down the pitch. So... <sighs> You know, there are players coming off the bench doing great, but who would you substitute out? You know, when we talk about Alessia Russo, she's coming in as a number nine. But yet, Ellen White, up until this game, was the joint third highest goal scorer in the whole tournament with three goals. That's three goals in two games before tonight. And so, you know, it, it, it's a really tough one. It must be the best headache in the world. If there's such thing as a good headache, this is the type of headache that you want. Um, so I think what we expect to see from England is more of the same. Yeah, because we do have to talk about the strength in depth that they've got. I mean, some of the players she hasn't even got off the bench yet, and they're, they're top players. That is a good, again, a headache, but it's a good position for them to be in, because as the tournament goes on, players who have played all the matches will be getting fatigued, but it's not a worry because there is such quality on the bench still. No, exactly. You look through the squad depth, and these people who play week in, week out, for teams at the top of the WSL, teams abroad, So, so powerful that they've got that unity. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think the previous under under previous England managers, the, the squad or the starting eleven seems to have changed a bit more. Um, there seemed to be more rotation between between matches, and so that's something that Serena Lehman is definitely doing differently um, with the England squad at the moment. You know, a very uh, predictable and consistent starting eleven. In her media interviews, she's been talking about the quality of rhythm. She wants her, her teams to get into a rhythm she wants them to be consistent and in order to do that she must value having players you know you know working and playing with each other even though we say that players play week in week out in the WSL with, that's with their own teammates it's not necessarily with their teammates in the national team um, and so uh, you know it seems that she places a premium on the relationship and the dynamics between players um, on a team and growing that over games now obviously we're talking about the players but we do have to talk about the crowds that have been throughout this tournament it is incredible to see we've not seen anything like it before and it is so good to see the the stadiums packed out you know old trafford for that first game was unbelievable 68,000 people how good is it for you two especially to see the fans and the support for this tournament i mean i do go to imagine what would have happened to you at Old Trafford you know I know you're a City fan but so yeah 68,000 at Old Trafford absolute incredible attendance I said earlier that um, the attendances have already broken a record for the European uh, Championships we're already at something like 248,000 um, and that's with 15 more games to go I think the average attendance across all the games is around 15,000 um, and that's really good for the women's game um, and it was only obviously you know we watch it on television and we can get an idea of what it's like but when I was at Old Trafford um, and, and particularly walking out of the stadium afterwards sort of seeing groups of girls and groups of fans just absolutely sort of singing their heart out it's just not something that we've really been exposed to before to be honest um, so it's, yeah, it's a real sort of like pinch me moment um, and long may it continue and grow absolutely hope it gets bigger and bigger and bigger um, before we finish I want to get a sort of prediction of the tournament from you both so do you think it's coming home and also the predictions of the upcoming games who you think England's going to face next uh, and what you think is going to happen in the tournament we've got six <laughs> <laughs> not just because we'll fall out with all of our One of the great 
things of being a fan and a supporter is that we can just let ourselves get totally absorbed in the emotions. Um, when when we play, you know, we have to really cut the atmosphere out and, and sort of really focus on what we're doing. But as a fan, who cares? <laughs> I think it's coming home, and it doesn't really matter if uh, you know if it doesn't. For me, you know, we can just really let ourselves go. So that's what I want to see. I think that England will face Spain in the quarterfinals. That would be my prediction. Um, and I think that England will beat Spain for the reasons that Ez touched on earlier. Um, sort of, you know, in some some ways. Have Having really bright sparks, but maybe defensively not not looking as good. Although that will be a real test. Um, I think Norway have been sort of doing their own thing this tournament, where they've really been below expectations. But Spain or Germany will be England's first test, and we're not going to be talking about eight nils or five nils. Well, we might, we want to, but we probably won't. Um, so that you know that that will be such an exciting matchup, whoever they end up playing against. Because they do just look like they're enjoying it. They just look like they're having a ball. It, they, they have smiles on their faces throughout the match, and that's got to be a positive sign, the fact that they're just, even though they're going to come across harder opposition, you know, more tests, but they're just enjoying the football. Yeah, they look as though they've just been given the licence to try absolutely anything totally agree with this. Um, don't really have anything to add to that. They look like they're really expressing themselves. They look like they're smiling, although it's easy to smile when you're scoring so much. Um, you know, so much a portion of the game is their goal celebrations. Um, and so I hope that they bring this vein of form into the quarterfinal and onwards. Um, and I hope that they kind of continue to play in the sort of light manner that they're coming across. We know, though, that actually inside they will feel ruthless like it, it there'll be a difference between what it looks like to us which is very smiley and happy and expressive and actually on the inside for them it will be like proper business silent assassin I need to do my job um, and I don't even know if they'll be coming up for air for, to be honest maybe now when they've got a rest in between games but they're on it they're definitely on it are you going to any more games throughout the tournament definitely be at some of them. Perfect. Well, enjoy the rest of the tournament and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, that's all for tonight. Many thanks to our special guests, Eva and Esme, for joining us and everyone here at The Footage in Manchester. Don't forget to subscribe to the Women's Football Podcast and if you want to find out a pub near you that is showing the match, go to wheelofsport.co. See you next time.